0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Mistress
2: Carrie, weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. Sully! On, sing you know. the song. Sing the song. Carry
1: on, my wayward son. But that's weird because you're not my son. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's not a lot of song lyrics that got my name in it.
1: Yeah, what does that mean, actually? Carry on, my wayward son.
2: But like carry on, like I, I don't know about the I know wayward what son part
1: means. But what's my wayward son mean? I don't know. Wayward. Wayward. I don't you know. Say that as it's Wayward. <laughs> you wayward. wayward.
2: I don't know. I only have two songs with my name in it legit Carrie Ann by the Hollies, and then that song, Carrie by Europe.
1: Well, we'll change one. Maybe we can go, Carrie, when you're with me, I'm smiling. That one's better, right? Oh, I love that. Yeah.
2: That's a good one.
1: With anyone who ends with an E.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is like a late night compilation album. That you can buy for a penny. It's like (laughs) Sully sings 70s classics all with Carrie. Yeah. Yes, I like it. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. We're doing really good.
2: I haven't seen you since Christmas. I know. But you guys oh, are coming. killing it. You've been everywhere,
1: everywhere, and still going everywhere. I don't think this tour ends to like summer of 2020 or something like that.
2: Well, you're going to be a Mohegan like in like a week and a half. But you were, weren't you, just in Russia?
1: Yeah, Russia, Bulgaria, Ukraine. We did like pretty much all of Europe a couple of times already. Um, so we're just trying to catch up over there because we've been behind, you know. It's like we, we just had a run of bad luck in Europe, and every time we were supposed to go there and gain some ground and build the fan base, something crazy would happen and just knock us out of the game, um, and so, you know, we keep fighting to get back there and build, and then just bad luck hits again, and the last time, you know, unfortunately, we lost Tony Rambola's son passed away, and it was it's those kind of things that just keep happening and um so we just wanted him to go home and have some time to heal and you know take it at his own pace and and so now we're back at it and he's doing well and sue's doing well and um you know and obviously
2: they know that we're all sending our love to them that when Uh, we got the news about that we were all heartbroken for them
1: yeah they got a tremendous amount of love and support from everybody from the fans to the industry and the band and you know, they know that the presence is there. And Joe, you know, their son was a huge fan. Like, he was that kid that, like, always called Tony, and, and he would be like, oh, you guys are number three this week on the charts. And, like, he was always monitoring us. So he was a really big fan, and it was a sad loss. But, um, you know, but we're, we're moving past it and just getting back to work and uh, trying to keep things positive, and they're doing okay now.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've known you guys a long time. And I've seen the ebbs and flows of, you know, Godsmack and the band. And, you know, every band I talk to talks about how it's like a marriage. And it's not always perfect. And you got to work through things. And, of course, there have been countless examples of bands that have broken up and gotten back together and hated each other and loved each other. You guys right now seem like you are in such a fantastic place as a band, am I wrong?
1: No, and thank you for saying that because really um, it's probably the the biggest thing that we've taken the most pride in. I mean, it, it, we're really proud of that part because we really did go through all those growing pains and all those marital pains. And, you know, there was so many times where the band wasn't talking to each other for years and we were just, you know, in bad shape, I mean, it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing you know to get success in your life. It, it's especially being a band because you get into a band in the garage to start jamming and cracking beers and having your friends come over, and you get that excitement of playing in front of people. And even if it's on a small level, it's like it's a it's a drug. It's a rush that you get. And then you know it becomes a business, and 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 you're trying to figure that out because we're not accountants we're not managers we're not supposed to be and there's a lot of components that come into that world and you're trying to figure that out and not get ripped off or taken advantage of but then there's also the responsibility of you know the performance and growing the band and coming up with better production and whatever and and as that all that starts to wear on you you know you start adding drugs and alcohol and egos into that mix and all of a sudden you know things just get dark and and you start to think that you don't need these guys anymore and or they don't need you and you know i think even as the singers we we probably get bigger egos because we're the face of the band and so you start to you know detach and just think that you don't need this bullshit and whatever um But then years go by, you know, when you start, I don't know, for us, we we try to do the right thing instead of the wrong thing. And we went and got help. You know, when we were in really critical stages, we decided to reach out and work with some people that helped us relearn and regain that brotherhood. And then it was still a healing process and, you know, took time to get over that hill um, but we're so far on the other side of that mountain now and things are going so well, like health wise and mentality and physically like we're just really super strong. And we've gotten past all that crap that usually breaks a band up. And we're super proud of that.
2: Did you take that lesson from, you know, like the guys from Metallica who have kind of always been those big brothers for you guys kind of, you know, giving you advice along the way?
1: Thankfully, we were kind of um, it's funny yeah i think you know they were definitely an influence but we were in the heat of it during that like right after the metallica tour ended is when we were hitting some really crazy moments in in our career like the four record was right after the metallica tour and that was the darkest record and the darkest times this band has ever had we were really disconnecting at that point um they started you know a side project i started working on my solo stuff like we were going in different directions those were the signs of like this band is breaking up and we're trying to find a career on our own so um you know i we definitely got some some great things from those guys but i think we were we were just entering the height of you know the craziness for us and uh Unfortunately, we didn't pick up on a lot of that. But I I think these kind of things you just have to learn on your own and figure out. I mean, you've probably heard the same story so many times from so many different bands, and I don't care really who's there to help mentor you or show you what their issues are. I think you still have to go through it and just deal with the pain and the process and get to the other side if you can.
2: You know what I hear a lot is that the failure – of whatever it is a failed album a failed tour whatever that a failure or multiple failures makes you stop and analyze how good you have it with the band that you're trying to get away from and it makes you go hold on a second what am i doing
1: yeah it's true and i think even the band has said that like once you bust out on your own and you start doing your own thing, <clears throat> you know, you do OK. Like the solo stuff is done OK for me. It's fun. It's, it's very theater kind of driven. And it's supposed to be because it's, it's not really music that's meant to be in stadiums or whatever. Um, and the band does a blues thing on the side and they still continue to do it. And it's fun. But we all support each other's projects now instead of being bitter about them and, you know, sneering at each other. But it's true, like once you're away from it for a while, that's when everyone started coming back and going like, listen, man, we have a really special thing here that we've taken a long time to build, and it would be very careless of us to just neglect it or throw it away. And... um I just think once everything came out and we kind of sat in the room and said, you know what, let's just go at it. Let's just figure this out right now. And if we need to punch each other in the face or yell and call each other names for a couple hours, but let's just flush every single thing out and have complete transparency and complete honesty. And once you do that, like in any marriage, most of the time you just need a minute to kind of lick your wounds. And then you come back and you go, you know what? Let's just hug this out and move on, because now we know what bothers each other, we know what pissed each other off in the past, we know you know how this whole thing kind of steered in this direction, and we're a- and we're able to move on, and from that point, the friendship just started to come back, and it's great now, it really is like i'm I'm really excited to continue to work with this band now more than ever, because you know we've battled all the wars and and we're on the other side of it now, just enjoying the victories.
2: You know what's crazy is, you know, I've been here for 21 years on the air. You guys have been a band that long. And I, it's unbelievable how full circle, you know, I remember that garage band without a record deal. And you guys, yeah. it was us against the world. And now all of the lessons that have been learned in that time. And then to have you guys come back and be like, oh, no, it's us against the world. Let's do this. Like, it's yeah. pretty awesome. You guys should become marriage
1: counselors. How did you last that long? (laughs) 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 What are you still doing there?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I'm running the joint, man, you know.
1: That's awesome. I'm
2: taking over the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I, I just had this conversation the other day, ironically, about just, you know, being older and wiser and just seeing life differently. Um, and, of course, you know, like you said, I mean, we next year is our 25th anniversary as a band, um, and I'm not so sure Gandhi and Buddha and all these people were like these kind of holy, um, you know, f- f- just presents that were sent here from the heavens or whatever. I think maybe they were just a bunch of old dudes that, like, went through a lot of shit in their life <laughs> and have a lot of experience, and maybe that's why they were so wise. Um, because I really think that that's how you get the answers, is just living life and going through experiences.
2: Is this all part of why you guys started the foundation, because you're at this point in your life?
1: Well, it, you know, it's it, it's different in a way that I've, I've been trying to find a lane for a while to work in because, you know, I want to give back. I want to spend my time and efforts on doing something that's a feel-good mission, but <clears throat> fortunately for me, I've never been affected by someone who died of cancer or AIDS. And not that those aren't important categories, but it just never hit me personally on a personal level. So it was a struggle to try to think like, where does my expertise lie? And then the song came up under your scars. And, you know, it really was about a, a situation I had went through with someone that had some deep scars and issues and, Um, You know, sometimes as humans, we say something or do something that triggers these things. And the first thing we do as human nature is to shut down and run away. And I started thinking like, wow, I wonder how many people lose good people in their life because they hit one of those, you know, they, they hit a nerve and then... those people just don't know how to just kind of be open and transparent about it so bottom line is the song is about finding acceptance right and living with these wounds but not only that but showing them loudly and proudly and inspiring others to tell their stories so maybe we could start making a dent in this invisible killer that we call severe depression and you know suicide prevention and things like that so I started thinking, you know, we're on to something here because these are the things I lived through. I was in and out of hospitals for two years over severe anxiety attacks and depression and things like that. And, you know, obviously alcohol and whatever else. Um, And but there was so many categories that funnel people into depression, you know, bullying, PTSD, which, you know, a ton about, Um, you know, and, and, and those kind of categories. We were like, let's try to take all of this on and try to really make a dent in not only creating an organization that will raise money for these categories, but <clears throat> but to create a community so people have somewhere to go and be inspired to tell their stories or maybe be a part of the events that we're creating or just, you know, come and be a speaker or, or be on the street team or whatever it is. And so that's what the SCARS Foundation is. It's really... Um, an organization that's tackling multiple categories to try to prevent, you know, and slow down the suicide epidemic.
2: Where can people go that want to get involved or want get, you know, that want to get more information?
1: Godsmack.com. I won't give you the full address because all you need to do is go to Godsmack.com and there's a tab there that says Scars Foundation. If you click on that, it shoots you to the page, gives you our mission statement, the about us contact information, how to get involved, if you want to donate, whatever you want to do, everything is there. And um, we're working on some really killer stuff right now. It's just a pinch premature premature to say, but soon we're going to be making some announcements that are, are really strong for this organization. So we're excited.
2: Well, I know that uh, you were having issues yesterday. You were supposed to call me yesterday, and they called and said, <laughs> Sully's... Sully's having some problems. so can you talk about what happened because I have a theory?
1: <laughs> Sully's having some problems, and he's running around Logan Airport like a freak. so um, your 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 laptop got lost at the airport. No, it didn't get lost. What happened was I was on a flight from l a back to Boston. And I was sitting in the first class area and they have this kind of like little cubby hole in front of you where you could put your shoes or stretch out your legs.
2: I wouldn't know. Now- I don't get to fly first class.
1: <laughs> yeah. You get to fly a military plane. So way cooler. <laughs> True. Um, but um, so as we were landing, I put my laptop up on that little platform where you put your shoes and then there's like a pillow and a little comforter thing. And I folded it and stacked it on top of my laptop and then when we landed, I just grabbed my backpack and walked off the plane. And then the plane decided to leave and go somewhere else. And so it was a two-day fiasco of trying to relocate my laptop. And it finally came back. And uh, yeah, that's my, my life.
2: My theory was that you were stressing about your laptop because it's full of d- pics.
1: No, I don't have d- pics. <laughs> I've, I've never been a d- picker. <laughs> <laughs> There's
2: nothing worse for a girl than getting an unsolicited pick.
1: No, I don't. I really, man, I got to tell you, a good friend of mine a while back, who's a total creep, by the way, I won't even mention his name, um, told me a long time ago, he's like, clear out your history. Always search on private, <laughs> on private pages. And he's like, if you ever die, the feds can get into that. He was just like a freak. And so he's always thinking that, like, if he kicked the bucket one day, all these things kind of surface because they can do a search on your history and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) my stuff's pretty clean man it's just a lot of work stuff you know we have the new video for the scars under your scars coming out and that's on my laptop and a bunch of just content and work stuff and i'm thinking oh i don't know if i backed everything up so this could be a real nightmare but thankfully i get it back
2: That's one of those things with the lawyers. Like, you fill out a will, a power of attorney, a medical proxy. There should also be a legal document for the person you trust to go in and delete your browsing history.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Like, dude, if I ever die, just do this for me, man. The midget porn. There's so much midget porn.
1: Yeah. You have to just, like, it's like a Tom Cruise movie, right? You just have to, like, hit the button and everything kind of (laughs) (laughs) self-destructs. Hey, by the way, what's going on with that? I just got wind that Beaver is challenging Tom Cruise to a UFC fight.
2: Yeah, where the hell have you been? This has been going on for weeks. Dana White said he would totally do it.
1: Kid? What is going on with this kid? I don't you know.
2: know. I, I think I'm say- going Team Tom Cruise on that one.
1: Totally, man. He would whoop his ass. If, if he gets Tom Cruise mad enough and Tom takes this seriously, I'm pretty sure Bieber's going to get a beating that he's not going to like.
2: And then he's going to end up on Xenu's spaceship and he'll never be seen again.
1: But what is – you know, I got to say, listen, you know, I didn't grow up listening to Bieber, obviously, or whatever, but I will say that I did earn gain some respect for the kid recently because not too long ago he came out on social media – when a bunch of people were bashing him about having met him and he he was kind of on the fly that day and couldn't stop and really talk with them and take pictures or whatever right so they really banged him up pretty bad about it saying like "Oh, we bought all your records and we've supported you and whatever and his comeback was really smart and well thought out and he just basically said listen when you buy my record Right, You get all of my record, all my work, all of that year of blood, sweat, and tears in there, and you, I give all that to you for the money you pay for that. But when, during that process that I ever put in fine print, that by you buying my record, I'm obligated to stop to every single person, sign every autograph, every picture, and he just worded it in a way that I was like, good for you, man. Maybe you're finally growing up. And now he, he's pulling this dumbass right? stuff. <laughs> it's just stupid.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, if Dana White gets this thing to actually happen, we're all going to Vegas for that I fight. I wish
1: I would have knew about this before because we just got back from Vegas. We just did a UFC event, and um, I was with Dana. He came into the dressing room, and we hung out and after the show, and it was great. We went to the fights the next day, and if I would have known him, was, I would. Have, he was in my room. I could have been like, dude, set this up, train Tom, and whoop him. <laughs>
2: I'm going to Vegas next week. It's supposed to be 106.
1: Yeah, it was pretty gnarly out there, for sure.
2: Well, listen, I know that you just got home and you're chilling out. You're going to be at the Mohegan Sun Arena next Friday or two Fridays from now on the 26th. And details are on the concert page at WAF.com. You got the foundation. The band's doing great. These are good times right now.
1: Yeah, they're really good times, man, for all of us. And, you know, I don't know, something shifted in the planets or whatever, but... We're just really taking advantage of the moment where we're super stoked to still be here and be relevant and do, you know, as well as we are. And so we're, we're going to work even harder now to kind of honor that and respect it, you know, and um, but we should do something, you know, we should talk me and you at some point off the air and talk about something we can do for an event, whether it's a 5k color run or some shooting event or a poker tournament or something that would be cool for the Scars Foundation. Yeah, you know, I would
2: totally do plan. that. You know I'm totally in. Absolutely.
1: Let's, let's get the vets involved in that kind of thing, too, because we're working specifically with those categories, so...
2: Yeah, we'll have to have a serious conversation as opposed to just swapping bitmojis via text, which is what we do most yeah. of the time.
1: And then, you know, the eggplant always somehow surfaces in those exchanges.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you the d*** pics.
1: There's also... There's always a, an eggplant and a taco that comes up in our conversation. <laughs> so weird
2: It's so good that there were no smartphones back when we
1: met. Oh my god. Can
2: you imagine back oh in the god. early days if we all had Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat?
1: Uh, you know, for us it would have been dangerous. We would have been in jail for sure of like filming us knocking people out and stealing crap. Like it would have been bad. <laughs> All right, kiddo. I love you, man. I
2: love you too, honey. We'll talk soon because whatever it is that you're doing with the foundation, I want in. Sounds good, man. Let's do it. Talk to you soon. Mistress Carrie, weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?